0: Today is April 18th, 2023. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Oki Naganago Meko Che stokom Aki. Or in my language, Dekotes Nogotine Siku. Hi, my name is Red Thunder Woman. My married English name is Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her pronouns. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Great Bear Lake tribe in Treaty Eleven. My name is Dekot Nogotine Siku. My people wore rabbit skin, so it's been referred to as the land of the hare people, which I just recently found out that you're not supposed to bring rabbit into a lot of uh, Blackfoot ceremony. So that matters because my moccasins have rabbit on it, so I need to make mm. myself Blackfoot moccasins. Anyway. I'm a native to Turtle Island, and my Dene Nation is a visitor to this area of Klincho Tene Indahay, in Satu Dene, meaning Many Big Dog Town, named after the Calgary Stampede. I was born in Calgary, or in Blackfoot, Mokinstis, as Michelle Elliott, an English name which has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene, or Satu Dene but my Indian Act imposed status card by the Canadian government says Yellow Knives Dene. Through my father, I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while being a Canadian and having an Indian Act card. Uh, That is a colonial construct by Canadian policies meant to divide Indigenous people's inherent rights Indigenous Two-Spirit or the Indigenous 2 LGBTQ plus community and Indigenous women are at the bottom of the Canadian socioeconomic ladder because of colonial trauma, imposed poverty, gendered violence, and land theft. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous, but I share my journey as I walk the red road. As a Dene woman who has attempted to run, uh, joined harmful colonial parties, spent money to be at expensive conventions, left my home to travel to those conventions just to vote on incomplete policies that still allow incarceration, uh, denial of justice, denial of health services, child theft, racism, colonial trauma, and genocide of Indigenous and Black peoples. I have worked to continue reports to advocate for and attempt to work within these systems meant to harm me and my community. I think of all of this today and I hope we honor the many Indigenous lives lost for this so-called country named Canada. I hope you see your role in the importance of stopping harm and as a citizen see your role in reconciliation and as a treaty partner. Pride Month should never be one month. It is important to understand that the straight agenda and gendered violence was and is forced on this land by Christian outsiders. Land acknowledgements are critical for creating a safer space for Indigenous, as well as honoring the host as a guest and acknowledging your role as a treaty partner in a so-called time of reconciliation. It's also important your land acknowledgements have that meaning. I encourage everyone to introduce themselves, acknowledging their ancestors, stories of displacement, how you perceive your role as a treaty partner, a citizen of Canada, a refugee or other land displacement. So we as Indigenous people know how safe you are to be around. If you won't pronounce your local Indigenous nation's names, won't pronounce your pronouns, won't say your story of origin, won't acknowledge stolen lands, won't acknowledge imposed economic oppression or your role in reconciliation, I determine how safe you are to be around my community my family and myself. Understanding land acknowledgements and their importance is Indigenous 101 because it immediately addresses colonialism, oppression dynamics, broken treaties, and lies taught today in Canadian schools nationally. That's why settlers and those who call themselves Native Calgarians or whatever town you're from, show me you have no Indigenous 101 understanding. Jesse Winty's book, Unreconciled, explains it perfectly, as do many other Indigenous authored books. Land Back is a movement that could save the planet from climate change created by colonialism. But it would be a part of a treaty partnership, meaningful reconciliation, and honouring global initiatives like the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. I honour the Blackfoot as the elders and members have been so kind to me on my Red Road journey. Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name in Blackfoot, and Leonard Kenny taught me how to pronounce my name in Satu Dene. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot and Dene elders and language keepers as I try to learn proper pronunciation. I'm speaking to you on the lands of the Nitsitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south of the imposed U.S.-Canadian border are the Blackfeet and north of the border are the Siksika, Gainai, and Bagani of the Confederacy. These lands are Treaty 7 signed September 22nd, 1877, with signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Wesley Chinnakee, and Bears Paw Nations of the Stoney, and the Dene from Sutina. I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit, status, and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. All non-Indigenous or treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf. And I'm already reminded of something funny that happened earlier today. Uh, It might have been a couple of days ago, actually. we were talking about making deviled eggs and putting some pepper on and some, uh, I said, Gainai pepper. <laughs> my, yeah. my daughter looked at me and started laughing and we had a good laugh because apparently I acknowledged the Gainai nation before I acknowledged uh, uh, pepper properly. So that was pretty funny. Anyway, <laughs> my Patreon account is Native Calgarian where you can pledge and support thank you previous donors for showing your support. If you value listening or watching in if a- can afford to give. Thank you. For those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com. Send in your comments or your questions. Also, giving a review helps whatever medium you're listening from. Please know that the truckers have found me and are not giving me kind reviews. Um, I have a YouTube channel where you can go and subscribe. Go to the go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media. And I'm so excited today to introduce my My friend Tyson, I'd let you introduce yourself in your way and uh, tell my viewers who you are. Great. Uh, Thanks, Michelle, for having me as a guest.
1: I've been a longtime listener and just like uh, a stan of Michelle Robinson Um, when you, yeah, running for the election as well and just like the value of your wisdom that you shared um, and just, yeah, it, all of the things that, that you do in community and just, I have really trusted your wise direction in different ways to, over the years as well with, um, the things that I've been get, getting up to. Cause I think you just have a really, anyway, we can, we, this is also a great little chat, but my name is Tyson Bankert. I go by he, him pronouns. I, um, was adopted from, um, Jamaica, um, without very little connection with, um, my ancestors, mm. um, but due to colonization, um, I'm sure Western Africa at some point. um in, in, in that lineage there. um, uh, my parents um are uh, white settlers who came to um, Alberta um, in different in different ways. but um they, so I grew up here um in Mcinsy,
2: and uh, As, one of only me and my younger brother, who was also adopted
1: later on, um, as only kind of two black people I knew (laughs) um, growing up uh, for the most part here uh, was interesting for sure. And um, I've, for me being, realizing uh, just the complexity of race and my sexual, identity my growing my upbringing in in religious systems and my family systems these systems that really I think are the like the foundational aspects of who we become um and as now as like a a man in my 30s it's always been interesting to kind of unpack all of that um as we go through but I, I am a I'm someone who is a facilitator a community builder I my, my, my personal slogan is to promote justice, edify others, and befriend the lonely. And so I'm really glad that, my, that the, these values that I hold um, really are in line with the ways in which I practice labor uh, here in the city. And I am someone who is very passionate about um, about climate justice, land back, the ways in which we, I think, we um, understand this is occupied territory, uh, and like what that looks like um, to be in solidarity with those who also agree, like yourself, and what and what that means for us to um, being cares in, in community of care with with one another. Um, I, I'm very interested in um, also playfulness and having like joy. Like, what are the the, the things around like? that provide me pleasure, um, that have, that are removed from, you know, money really. And like, yeah. those are things, things I can really tap into. Um, but yeah, that's like a little bit about me and, uh, yeah, I, I think I just want to like kind of comment on, on even our relationship a little bit, because there was an opportunity that happened, someone without maybe getting too much into it, but you know, there was an organization that
2: wanted to do like, a. A um, a bipoc um, uh, like training for like an anti racism training. It wasn't called this, but it was
1: like DEI something or whatever. But it was an anti racism training for like businesses, so they can be welcoming spaces. Yeah. And I was like, I know these people, and I've just, I just wasn't really always sure. So I called you up and I was like, Hey, like, what are your thoughts? Like, like what what what's your experience? And I mean in the kindest way possible it was like red like that's a red flag don't do it and I remember being like uh okay good good thought like I'm I'll t- I'll, I'll definitely consider that but like it was I was like no I'm going to just trust everything Michelle just said to me and just say no <laughs> yeah <laughs> to 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 being a part of it to being to being a part of it and um uh to be part of that this kind of initiative and so that's kind of like how I've always sort of like I guess like seen you in in my life as someone who has this like really great like understanding of how certain dynamics work and and what and characters of other of others of others as well so it's kind of a little bit of just oh. where I feel like our relationship is, is but
0: yeah well just to tell my listeners this is one of my favorite people in community because one he actually laughs at my jokes so let's start you are you are, are funny <laughs> 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 yeah. really, it really it really is I
2: yeah yeah. yeah and well yeah, I, but you have
0: to have humor about it right do, because like do. sometimes and we were joking beforehand like they you're like this is really happening and nobody sees the ridiculousness of this
1: right <laughs> right right absolutely
0: yeah And and funny enough just before we got started I was reading this story about a, a Calgarian that's going to have his ashes or something sent to the moon. And it re- said right in there, a Calgarian native. So I was like tagging, mm. tagging the article being like, hey, is there any way you could just call him a Calgarian? Because whenever I see native, I just ask, what nation are you from? And it's mm-hmm, just so mm-hmm. funny because after all of these years of having a podcast and, and telling people that out in community, like you still see it quite normalized in, in the way it's written in just regular um articles for news and such and I'm just like I I, you know I just assumed with all of this so-called diversity training equity inclusion and uh which I I jokingly say is die right if you switch it that way yeah totally yeah in that order too by the way yeah yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> but honestly, I think a lot of people don't understand the racial battle fatigue it is to, to try to talk about things with people who are actually committed to misunderstanding you, with folks who mm, will mm. purposely ask questions that they know are hurtful and offensive to a person that just said this is hurtful and offensive. So that's why, of course, we, we charge people for that type of education. And, you know, at least by having this podcast, I can have that barrier. So for Mm -hmm. folks who are just committed to misunderstanding, you know, they're not going to pay me. But at least for folks who are interested and maybe don't have the cash or for me, it's just talking is healing. um, Maybe that will help them understand a different point of view for once, as opposed to their very structured colonial white supremacy, Christian, um, we're right, everybody else's inferior belief system, which Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was raised with you know, and, um, and my dad, uh, he's, he's white. And we did not talk about racism other than, you know, oh those other natives, you know, like, right, right, always looking down on other natives. And, of course, like as an adult, you know, you're unpacking that and it's like, no wonder I had so much internalized Mm, shame mm -hmm. as a, as a native, as a woman, because a lot of misogyny, uh, came out in that time as well. And, um, you know, so, so there's a lot of that gendered violence just with regular language. So for me, it's just been, slowly unpacking all of that and trying not to be a harmful person when I'm out in community but I still do it sometimes and I Mm -hmm. try to correct myself Uh, we have a mutual friend who just had a baby and I I was going to say nursing mom and then I corrected myself and said nursing parent Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I it's immediate like now when you start going down that road of unpacking right so right uh, yeah
1: and, and I think like that the the power of of language is so important. And in like some of the work that I get to be involved in is like when we talk about like like people are so scared of making mistakes, right? And like I don't wanna, I don't want to make a mistake. And then I go, well, if you're making mistakes and you're feeling a type of way about it where are your, also your relationships to be called in, to be, to be, you know, to have that grace for, I mean, I mean, there's, there's a point, mind you, but also it's, it's how do you, are you in relationship with people that you can actually go is like, what does this mean for you? When I, when I, when I say or what's my, or what's this, this language or understanding based on your experiences? Cause I'm in a relationship with you. I don't want to, I, I don't want to, it to be impacting. I don't want to cause harm. I think so many people are, and then I always ask myself, well, if you're making constant mistakes, like, where are you? Really, where are the people that are checking you? Are, are you? are you allowing yourself to be checked? And then are you then responding to that in a way that's meaningful to then not do it again? And like, it's a, con, a constant, it's a constant, you know, loop, but it's, that's what it means to be in a relationship with people.
0: And mm-hmm. I'm always like
1: wondering where that for some folks who get really caught up in like, well, lots of things, right? Um, uh, around, around this. And, and then just call it identity politics like as if it's like a, as if it's like a bad word because they don't want to handle it and i go okay well then i guess it's you can't be friends
0: (laughs) yeah well and that's just it and like i when i hear somebody use the term woke in a derogatory way like Mm. i i can't be friends with somebody like that because um clearly they don't understand that's like an anti-black um sentiment Mm -hmm. but also like it I watched a great TikTok by a, a fellow and he actually talked about how a little later the com- the conversation about woke kind of evolved being more inclusive of, of other oppression dynamics, but ultimately mm-hmm. it's still rooted in mm-hmm. being anti-Black, right?
2: Totally, absolutely. So,
0: um, you know, for me, I just don't have a lot of, uh, you know, there's just some deal breakers no matter what. So I've noticed that I've really had to limit who's in my circle, who's in my space. Um, I block... All the time uh every morning i wake up and i go through all my social media and block all of the negative um comments because yeah. you can't i mean life's too short and i don't yeah. want my daughter i don't want my community seeing those awful comments and um yeah it's just kind of you just got to be careful about who you let into your circle and based off of the language and mm-hmm. there's a an expression in the indigenous community about uh words of medicine Right. Mm -hmm. And but also word words are weapons. So Mm -hmm. you know, and and Mm -hmm. even I don't mean to always misuse my words, but sometimes we do. So we, you know, it's hard to make sure you you're saying the right thing. But Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people who have done oppression dynamics, um, you know, that that road of of understanding, really be careful with the words they use. Mm -hmm. And uh now I and I understand why. And it took me a long time to get here for sure
1: yeah it, yeah it's it's a it is a uh you know, I mean I I you know even I hear hear of the you know the gay agenda or the woke agenda I think to myself like oh yeah I'm for that <laughs> uh, you know even you know and it's like and, yeah. and just like how how easily it can like uh, we were talking earlier about just sort of am, like you said earlier like am I on a different planet right now like am <laughs> I different people and it's like you like that a one word or a particular um, experience can be interpreted in a very in a very different way, right? I mean, we have people here um, um, uh, in Mokinstis who, you know, uh, think Calgary will will last forever, right? Like, are like that this idea of who we are is going to be on and on and on, uh, even though people, you know, and it's like that. It's like our our, our history is somehow. Um, have a very different perspective of what that is, or un- understands, or isn't willing to look at the whole picture of all of the things, and um, what what a different world that would be if we were able to actually like unpack and
0: yeah. uncover
1: like all the different layers of who we are indiv- as an ind- individual, as community me- members, as people living on this turtle island. And uh, anyway, it's but the, the rhetoric language is a matters. part of that,
0: like I, I hear it, especially with the, the so called sovereignty act. You know, mm, um, mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, Albertans still don't understand treaty. So mm. to them, they have a different perspective of ownership of the province than, yeah. you know, not sharing with indigenous. And mm-hmm. like a, a reminder to everybody listening that the province was never negotiated with treaty. It was imposed. Mm. So we have a treaty with Crown, which is Canada. But at can Alberta themselves seem to think that they are somehow absolved from that, but they couldn't exist here without that federal treaty. So it always comes down to that. And yet, mm-hmm. when you read the rhetoric that's out there, when you read uh, how people are discussing this conversation, like it is very clear they don't understand they are treaty partners. So mm-hmm. kind of back to that conversation of occupied land. They don't understand that Alberta was imposed. It is an occupation. And because there isn't, you know, equal revenue sharing, equal opportunity, we are not good treaty partners we are not in good relations. So like that language matters and how I see it being depicted in media and such. And I mean, there are calls to action and calls to justice for media. Very clearly, they are not reading it or implementing it or have the spirit of it. So, like, these are are real issues about language and, and um, the assumption of white supremacy, frankly.
1: Yeah, and, and back to the the notion of like when you read it in the newspaper on na- a native Calgarian going to the moon, it's like, uh, wait, do you have like, have you thought about that as as uh, as and in context of the calls to action of what you what you, what you can need to be changing, or even when we talk about like land ag- ag- acknowledgments. To me, it's so much of. Um, it, to me, it's acknowledging that this land has been taken over by someone else. Yes, as a quote that I think I heard actually, um, um, paraphrasing from um, a podcast that just I just listened to on this broadcast actually over this past weekend. Yeah. It was like, like this is why we, this is why we. um no, I say we as in everyone's doing it, but like this is why I, I come to understand why that is an important piece to 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 just that one one that you th- that you speak so um, to.
0: Oh thank you. Yeah no I appreciate that. You know we were talking a little bit about um our upbringing and you kind of talked mm-hmm. about being adopted into Calgary. What mm-hmm. was growing up in Calgary like for you?
1: Yeah I think uh for me it was I mean I think my my childhood generally was was a really good one. Uh I guess, you know, I think it I I I think about, I reflect on it thinking really fondly of it. So I say all of that to say like that's my bones, I feel it as being a really great childhood. Um, but as you get older, you tend to go re- reminisce of some of the moments that weren't so kind and weren't so great. Um, and I'm so glad I get to be at an age where I can like, actually reflect on that and have some distance from. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like as I said, being kind of my um, my 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 early family structure was that of my parents um, did a lot of foster care. So there was a lot of, they were foster parents. And so um, although I was adopted and they adopted a few other children um, who were also like racialized as well, um, but then also had, were part of a system that I think really doesn't provide the support does not i mean to, to to biological parents to to foster parents to to the children yes um like most most importantly uh so i think when you it it can be very chaotic mm-hmm. um to say the least and i think but i think it, 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 i think all of that has made me a very like a, a lot more caring more understanding person
0: yeah
1: a lot more of an independent person cuz i think at times i had to kind of remove myself from what was at the time as a young person, chaos. Mm. Um, uh, and I think living here specifically, I, I think it knowing so quickly that, you know, oh, and you know, for me, racism really came out from in, in, I don't know if it's the right word, but juxtaposition to my parents. So people, for example, would say, oh, those are your parents? That's not possible. I think, oh, well, why is it not possible? Oh, because they're white. Say, so, oh well, I'm adopted or whatever, and then it would be, oh well, where are you from? And I'd be like, Jamaica, but I, you know, was came here at four months old, so I have no like, there, there's no real um, connection there per se, especially at that time. Sure. So it would, but there, but but it was like, oh, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How is, was and I'm like, eh, it's really not. I'm not. Please other me in different ways, if that's what you want to do. I'm not, you know, um, sure. So There's always a lot of unpacking around that, yeah. um, that component. And then I also think, you know, they like said kind of living in, in a lot of different chaos there too. I think my, my folks weren't really incredibly um, aware of, I think what it means to also raise like a black man too. Sure. And like at all. Uh, I think it was maybe like in in my 20s when I was writing a paper in university uh, for a a class on racism uh, that me and my mom actually had like a a very like frank conversation about it. And I was like, oh, we have never had this before. Um, Or even just like, you know, you know, even really other things where people would say, you know, when my parents went to adopt my younger brother, um, you know, the assumption was that they had found my biological y- younger brother because why would you want another one right and so like that those were kind of the the thing in the language that we I think as a family didn't really ever get to discuss or unpack mm-hmm. um or even just like small things like uh you know I had a I had a book that was like a I guess like it was a, clearly it was a tourist book about Jamaica but so but I remember always opening it and being like oh like interesting like that's, I mean, and obviously it was just, it was just the beaches, right?
0: Yeah. But, the pretty but part. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the pretty part, the, the part that, that, that the white people go to, to take the pictures and then leave. Right. So like, yeah. that was my understanding of it. Um, but even just like uh, things around hair or, or things around my, sure. um, my, um, the call being able to really frame like how. Um, systemic oppression works as it relates to the education system or sports or like just like being in a neighborhood and like that sense of belonging um, that I think oftentimes you know now now I know wasn't really maybe nurtured or like helped support in a way to like help me kind of navigate those things but yeah Yeah. you know we but that but but that you know and and I make it sound like you can go oh the parents should do a better job but I also think it's also we 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 live in a system that doesn't do that but that that actively ensures that folks like ourselves aren't don't belong and that the systems do inherently um push and make things harder for us so it's like you know um you
0: know well i i respect where you're coming from it's really hard i love my dad unconditionally like there's no question about that but does that mean he was able to prepare me for the racism and misogyny that i would experience Mm. in the life no Mm -hmm. and and that's not because he's like I mean out of all of the things we screw up as parents me being one of them Mm -hmm. you know I I just I know it's a lot and you know he was going through a divorce and court systems and and such too so that makes it hard and I would imagine trying to adopt a child as international uh paperwork and you you have your own struggles trying to make sure that everything is is good and and squared away but you know, yeah. that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be having more conversations in this whole conversation of anti-racism and this mm-hmm. whole conversation of uh, equity of of not just dismantling, you know, all of, and, and I talk about it in my podcast all the time, like yeah, every <laughs> institution, everything, every yes. conceivable part, including family structure including within your family having Mm -hmm. that conversation like I have family members that are supposed to be like the ones I rely on but these are not conversations we would ever have as a possibility and some of my white relatives like they've really distanced themselves from me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ever since I've been openly talking about racism Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It makes everyone uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've seen a great TikTok. Right. I've I've seen a (laughs) great TikTok. And it's like, you know, in all relationships, you have conflict. In all relationships, you have to work on these things. Mm -hmm. So I I just really um, encourage my listeners to look at, um, you know, what that means. Like, how are we really supporting BIPOC? within family structures. And for, uh, you know, black families, I see that on TikTok all the time where they say, you know, we have to have the talk with our our children Mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. day one. This is what you can expect from this white supremacist culture. And I know a lot of folks who are in the white settler um, colonial world are like, oh, we don't want to talk about racism and make our kids uncomfortable. But we as BIPOC are living, <laughs> are living it. Mm-hmm, we're we're living mm-hmm. that uncomfortableness because they won't dismantle the structures in education, health, family, social, church, all of that. Right? Like, there's so it's in every aspect that there and, is.
1: And I think there's all these like a really small like there's these small moments that we I think when we provide conversations in our family systems to be able to and family being very very nuanced as well. But the people yep. that we're, that we're close to and yep. saying like. That's not appropriate or, or, or like so for so okay, an example of this is like growing up, um, so when I came here as a kid, like like as a four month year old, um, a woman came to um to uh, to like, like like physically like take me to my parents. Um, and she was from Jamaica. And so, you know, I mean, yeah. and I uh, and it was, you know, it, the the running gag or the joke I was kind of like, oh, like, you know, um, you know, she she had her park on or she was you know doing particular uh, things and and but but like and always asking lots of questions and wasn't really sure about like what kind of family she was dropping me off to and i think and as i get older and i went to jamaica actually um so just to kind of like i don't know, like get some perspective uh the notion actually was that like well for all she know these people were gonna have you as like a servant or slave right so she wanted she wanted to make sure that this this was this was you know legitimate sure and thinking like that
0: i mean that is some seriously deep deep shit (laughs) Uh, i'm gonna throw it to you in the other way too tyson i know indigenous people who thought they were grew up in loving families but were othered into a different uh section of the house Absolute, at a different yes, table yes. to eat dinner and they thought they were loved yeah 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 so i feel you on that yeah
1: and so i think we we just have to you know we and i, I remember talking to someone who was telling me sort of like oh well, that's just sort of the attitude we jamaicans have about about adoption just generally international adoptions sure. and to them it was like and i remember her saying oh like when I was saying, oh, like I'm here, blah, blah, blah. Cause I'm adopted, blah, blah. And she then said, oh, you know, I don't, I'm not really, I don't really um, approve of, of adoption. And we just kind of, and I sat there being like, oh, I, I like, tell me more about that because I've never in my entire existence heard a different idea of what that looks like. All I've sure. heard is, oh, your parents must be so great. Oh, your parents must be like white saviors. That's great. My dad, like, like you must owe them so much, and now don't get me wrong, my parents don't have that attitude, but that was the attitude that they that other people put on our sure. family structure. Um, and I was like, oh, tell me more about why that is the case. And it was um, a matter of like, well, sometimes you know, parents are like a matter of it's a matter of poverty. It's a matter of of um, of like 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 we want our like do they know about their. Uh, about their heritage, their, their Jamaican heritage, and and like all of the horror stories of this happening of them of of just with, with this person telling me like that they never really knew about um well, like that it does could end up really really bad like they are, a, you know, a servant or whatever, right? And like yeah. that kind of, and, and those sorts of like abuses that happen and there's not much that they can do about it because the system there goes, well, they're going to pay us a lot of money. So we'll just take it. And then also, you know, there's so many um, vulnerabilities there, right? And so it was just like, I think it's, it's be able to broaden out that conversation about all of all and allow for us to, to identify the, those small things that end up happening that, you know, years down the road, you go, oh, I can't believe that happened. And, you then
0: you, know, and, and yeah, and I'm gonna throw this out to my listeners, especially because I I want more engagement, obviously, from people who care and listen. And I want to ask people what their thoughts on adoption are that they realize later maybe needed a little more nuance or deconstruction. Um, and and if you were a child that was adopted or maybe foster care, like, don't hesitate to to reach out. And um, and I'm saying this too, thinking of. Uh, today I was on TikTok and tagged in this video yeah another child apprehension in Manitoba Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of these provincial governments are saying no we don't have birth alerts and we're not stealing children Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. like yes you are still stealing our children and yes we still do not have structures to really be able to fight the system because Mm -hmm. you have to default to that or go to jail like that is the truth Mm -hmm. so go ahead. Yeah.
1: No, I was going to say I mean even in that in that in that TikTok video the quote that I was so like it's straight out of a movie of like give us your baby or and, and then we'll explain. That right? to me is so it's like what kind of like how dare like I don't know it's just it, right? it really but it makes you th- it makes me really reflect on just how I mean so many things but mm. I think um the opportunities for for Specifically, indigenous women to to raise their children in a way that like it doesn't like that all that money, all those resources in that small little moment. What could that be doing to support that baby starting off well? I mean, one just don't even be there. (laughs) But two, it's like what 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 does that look like? And and can we reimagine something different? Um, I think so, but you know, obviously, there's some there's some folks out there who it a particular way.
0: It it was such a great example so too much. of that white supremacist belief system. Like mm-hmm. you really yes, do definitely. not have the right to raise your own child. And mm-hmm. it, and it's like you know we talk about the genocide, the ongoing genocide. Here's a great video of it, and they still don't want to see this truth. They still allow it. And I keep telling people in my teachings that you know um just as you kind of look back and you wonder how did your grandparents or great grandparents think Indian residential school was okay. I want you to realize that your grandkids are going to be judging you for the children that are being apprehended today. Mm -hmm, And a lot mm -hmm. of Canadians, like, oh, well, suck it up, princess. This is what's Mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. You know, and and MMIW is that pipeline. If someone Mm -hmm. came and stole my child, I'm not promising I would stay sober, and like mm-hmm. I, I don't care. Yeah, and, yeah, totally. You know, you, you've lost the only thing that matters to you, and and how it is that settlers cannot see that, comprehend it, and go, yeah, you're right, that's wrong, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I get a lot of comments on a lot of my social medias uh, saying, like, I can't believe anybody would steal kids, let alone it being sanctioned by the government, and um, and that's good but we have to quit voting for people that think that this is okay. And we have to start dismantling these structures. So like, I mean, you know, without getting too much into the politics of each party. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's yeah. Or, well, I think like, I mean, ultimately, I
1: think it comes down to when people say like, what should we do or why are, you know, uh, well, I would never become like this, or I would never do, I would never be homeless or I would never steal or oh, yada, yada. And it's like, well, first, and I mean, even stealing alone is like a construct in itself. But, but the, but the, but the, idea of like, well, I, I always reflect on, well, my needs are being met. Like my, like I can, my, 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 like I would be doing particular certain things if my needs weren't being met. And so, how do we live in a in a society in a, in a in, in in and have our government and not corporations? I could go down this road, but like. Yep. providing for us for our needs and right. if those needs were met particular ways of doing don't happen yeah, yeah. and like it's it's to me it's, it feels really clear to me um and i mean i'm not really sure how i mean there's lots of ways how to do that when we talk about even just housing as a as a general human right but like that those are the things that's like are, are, the, are those persons needs being met
0: no no they're not it was so hard yesterday i i so my vehicle is in the shop and i was walking uh home it was so cold the wind was Mm -hmm. howling and of course there's an encampment and it's not the first time i've gone the same path and seen another encampment but the last time there was a cop that came up at the same time and made them dismantle it indigenous woman black man in a little encampment they they dismantled it in front of me (sighs) so i was walking by and i seen this other one a little further not so easily seen through vehicles and um I was like no you didn't and I just kept going because like you you know I always kind of see if they're around and I couldn't see anybody I didn't want to wake them up and I I would give them Narcan if if they wanted it but uh you know I just didn't want to disturb them what did I wake up to this morning Uh, like you know 12 hours ago or whatever there was a fire right there so their encampment was burnt up Mm -hmm. so you know, and, and again, you know, everyone's like, this needs to stop. And then I seen another article that said they are going to forcibly put people with mental health issues in jails, basically. They didn't say jails, but, you know, government facilities. And I, I yeah. interpret that as jail. But yeah, from absolutely. my point of view, like, it's like if you gave the fundamental right of housing, like, but I know they're trying to push these, uh, you know, prison and uh, complexes on everybody. Mm -hmm, So if you're mm -hmm. too poor, then we're just going to make money off of you by being in a prison. And that like, I I just cannot comprehend how people are okay with, you know, profits being made in prison over just giving people housing. Like it's incredible to me. And, you know, people were mad. They're like, oh, this has to end. And I'm like, the money and resources that we use in the hospitals that we use with fire, we use with police, that that is easily absorbed into just giving people housing. It's been proven time and time again through studies that if you give somebody housing, it, it takes away all of those monies from all of those other services that are really unnecessary. Like it's like a third of the cost. So why if you are a fiscal conservative and only care about money, why wouldn't you just want to give housing?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and thinking about, you know, we talk about how it's like, we who we prioritize in this in the in the system of housing are essentially landlords who like to buy up as many properties as they can to make money off of and it it it's it i mean it, it's a it's literally a monopoly board at this point point, yeah. and like we just we need to it's like does anyone see this i'm not sure but i i i, I see I you it, i see this <laughs> yeah it's like i you know uh yeah it, and i think also when we talk about um um uh what kind of you know we're ancestors in training you know like what kind of people are we going to like we're going to look back on and say like I think what we will reflect on wow we actually were the kinds of people that allowed for like idea of landlordship to be a thing like people just being able to like work half of their their, their income to then dedicate to someone else's mortgage like that to me like our you know I mean I'm still working on this but like I know like you know Vegetarianism, veganism is something I definitely need to search it. But we'll look and go, oh, wow, well, they ate, like, they just, hmm, interesting. Like, I think there'll be conversations that we'll have in the future where we'll be asking ourselves, I can't believe that we did that. And I mean, but yet then I also am always here being like, but we're still talking about things that we did 100, 200 years ago and replicating the same thing. So when we talk about, um, you know, indigenous children in um in care. So it's like I I guess I just I it's hard for it's just it kind of it just like reshaped itself in different ways yeah. oftentimes. And I'm and I think it's just so one what one of the things I've really learned from your from listening to you. And I think I'm sure you've said this. So it's probably something that you've actually said that I'm able to say, but has been <laughs> but has been like this notion of just like how important it is to have, you know, I'm thinking about like not wanting um you know if I had ever had a child to to protect them from from the systems of just really like as soon as they get like they they get uh they get a, a whiff of the name or whatever it is like you're you're in it you know um and how dangerous it it can be um once once you're there because it can really start to un- to spiral, as we see with so with so many people that we know and care about yes. um you know and um yeah it's 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 a really um. It, it, I think and simply here in I
2: think in Calgary, um, you know, I was in, um, I was in Vancouver a couple of months ago and it was really interesting to see how, you know, the, and I, I don't even want to, the, the
1: understanding of, even just, even just a little bit more, like a positionality and the way in which they were talking about the art of, or and di- expressing the um, the terror of of um, of the discovery of of the of, of the, of, of, the uh, of the grave sites. Sure. And I don't even say discovery. I mean, we it's it was something that anyway. But sure. <laughs> but uh, like even that I was like wow. This is this feels so explicit and like public yeah. and intentional in a way that like. And, and maybe if you're listening in your event, in your you're like, yeah, no, it's not. But at least in comparison to what I see in Calgary, it's like, oh, there's a level. It's like a discourse, like a discourse in the public sphere of being able to talk about it mm-hmm. and not willing to like hide behind that. And like the, um, the, I guess, like for some folks anyway, like, oh, oh my gosh, like shock and surprise about it. And like. I was like, oh, I wonder if, if there's still energy there. Like, where's the energy uh, out of the like it feels like it's just kind of left? Or we talk about Black Lives Matter, or we talk about stop Asian hate. We stop we talk about the the, the the thing that I think, you know, in some ways where because of COVID and how it was people were really fed up. Like it's like we're gonna take this to the streets in some in some hopefully some meaningful way. Yeah. And then now I feel like in 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 the community work that I get to be involved in, it feels a little bit like it's been really. There has been t- has has been taken out of it. It Feels very deflated. I, w- I wonder what you yeah. what your thoughts
2: are. I I, I, mean, I kind of think... know your thoughts, but I'm just curious. Yeah, I know,
0: I know. Yeah, my uh, like in Calgary though, it is so conservative here, right? Right. And there's a lot of money. Like the reason why I talk about on drip is because if we mm. implement it here in Calgary, it would literally save people's lives, not just here, not just provincially, not just nationally, but literally globally, because we have so much fossil fuel and so much energy companies right here out of Calgary. So they know that. So the sooner they can stifle these conversations on equity, inclusion, diversity, the sooner that they can continue making money and profit over, you know, black and indigenous peoples, mm-hmm. whether locally, provincially, nationally, or globally, right, because they, they, they and, and my husband was telling me that even the banks have said where the capitalism is dead. It is like breed mm. now at this point. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <right>? so, <laughs> yeah. and, and I mean, this like, it's here, it's right here in Calgary. Totally. So I think the sooner that they can squash these conversations, the better. And like, they're like, my husband keeps saying, you know, we got to get out of here because mm. this place is so toxic and he, he's not wrong. Um, but I just think that that's, uh, you know, that's colonialism too, in, in the sense mm-hmm. where it's like, so we have to pick up and go somewhere. Well, where do we go? There's mm-hmm. no place that we're safe. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So at least if I'm here, you know, screaming all by myself on top of a rooftop <laughs> somewhere saying implement on drip, you know, at mm-hmm. least, at least I know I'm in the right I place hear you. saying that it's so hard because like kind of back to Um, you know how we how we thrive how we have joy yeah yeah you know you kind of got to compartmentalize that over here and then look at the things to okay talked about that eight hours today let's focus on the next four hours of just enjoying my daughter enjoying life Mm -hmm, enjoying mm -hmm. uh whatever the movie is Uh, by the way Mm -hmm. i've seen that uh, movie with dracula with nick cage oh my god so great
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've heard,
0: that's <laughs> Yeah. <good. laughs> but yeah, so I do think there's a quelling of that conversation here, and I know that they've had think tanks here that are our top secret, quiet, with Daniel Smith, all the conservatives, um, yeah. you know, the K's, uh, Tom Flanagan, those types of mm-hmm. folks. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we how do we do Indian denialism? Let's look at India or uh, Holocaust denialism and and make some parallels, and that's like their big go to. And yeah, I yeah. and I just think you know what kind of loser you got to be to create a fake. A narrative and and have these conventions to teach people these crappy talking talking points and so so th- those things are really difficult being in an atmosphere where you know your neighbor is like rather than hearing the truth and would rather listen to a false narrative and call me a sheeple right rather than mm-hmm. doing the truth of. Treaty and <laughs> understanding mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oppression dynamics and anti racism, right? So, like we we are absolutely in a in a real like um, yin yang. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, right here in Calgary, I think, and I, I don't think people really understand the gravity of it. So, I feel you. Well, I, th- I think like
1: one thing that I, I mean, we both have experience in like the nonprofit industry, and I like, am always like, I'm always just like. <sighs> um, <laughs> <laughs> curious about like you know where where it's we are working with you know our this industry is working with the most marginalized most you know great yeah. deserving people and then and it's this like rumble i guess of like okay well we want to be able to like uh there's there's a couple of organizations that I, that I know here in the city that i'm always like yeah we need to get out and vote just just vote it's like but but wait, 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 but for what? Like, cause I don't want to just, we shouldn't just be voting for anybody. Yeah. And just the people that we do, we the people that we are, it's still an ol- oligarchy in my, in my opinion. Like we only have a few people that we can vote for. And those people are the people that have been around forever and their parents, like a, legacy building, all, all of these things. Yeah. Um. But regardless, it's like, what should we be voting for? Because really it's like, is it to keep your jobs or is it to support the people that you are in quote supporting? Um, In the work you do. And I think like there's, there's no real, and I get that there's, you know, the Societies Act, there's, you know, the CRA and all of these systems that really keep them from being able to do the work. And so it really ends up landing on a lot of folks like yourself in terms of having to, you know, yell and scream for the things that are really important without the systems that like, because you, oh, well then that you're being biased or you're being, you know, you, you, you have to be um, neutral. And so it's like, so it really is like the grassroots, I think, so much of this work in terms of how to begin building the change because of these sort of bigger systems that are still at the bottom in a lot of ways in terms of their, their influence, still yeah. aren't really able to listen.
0: Right. Um, And it's interesting when we talk about neutrality, and I see it, like, especially in indigenous reporting, right? Like, you have that nuanced conversation of actual what treaty means and what um, past court cases on land means and the doctrine of discovery, but you don't have those conversations in mainstream media, and they have the audacity to talk about neutrality. And it's like, well, you're not even starting in the same point of us, right? Like, we are way over here on the spectrum, and you're reporting over here, and you think this is being neutral, and we're like way over here, and trying to talk about it in this way, right? So, and there's no um, bringing it together, and they you, they purposely exclude indigenous voices from a lot of these panel discussions, roundtables, mm-hmm. right? So, so you're not even getting sort of a nuanced conversation, let alone you know, folks who have any kind of understanding. Like, yeah. I think of very few settlers that understand treaty, very few, mm-hmm. right? And I don't see like a Sean Carlton on these on these panel discussions, right? And I I, I just get so offended, frustrated, and um, and just know it's garbage propaganda. And ironically, like right now, you have to fight for the NPR. You have to fight for the CBC because um, the conservative media is really trying to make them sound like oh they're government state sponsored and, and that is yeah. somewhat true i'm not gonna yeah, lie true. but like they said they do have independence and they don't have interference and the yeah. last time they did was from harper etc mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. funny how that gets mm-hmm. missed right.
1: <laughs> well i think it's you know i've been listening a lot to um the some of the news that I've been kind of been diving into last couple of weeks, I can only dive into certain things and for sure. so for so long, yeah. but you know, with the encampments that have been being taken down in Vancouver, it's been really interesting to see the conversation that CBC Vancouver puts out. And then what I see how APTN news and the video footage that they talk about. And sure. it's like, I mean, now the production value is very different, right? Because of what money gets into it. So it's kind of a little like, it's a little hard to like, not dollar it, to dollar yeah it's not dollar <laughs> to dollar but in terms of the stories that they're trying to tell about the impact of it yeah it's so it, the nuance is so it's so refreshing even from when I've watched some of the footage from it and the journalists there who are like showcasing and highlighting some of the ways in which this, this is impacting people completely differently from like yeah we like
2: CBC Vancouver's like yeah we want to talk about like oh well you know Where where are you going to throw your stuff after? It's like that, like, yeah, it's just so, it's so, it's so, I know. It's still trying to, to, I think, hold space for like conversations
1: about, um, really for like the white audience and their and their perspectives on it um which i mean i guess is like that's who they're centering i guess but um but then and then the ctv is only
0: like straight from the police talking points right like yeah exactly yeah but what did the chief say well that's all that matters so (laughs) exactly Exactly. yeah (laughs) because they're the ones in power so they're the ones that are going to be doing you know it's like ah it's it's very frustrating but it is it is really frustrating so but i like i'm glad we can have this conversation to kind of like maybe implement Implant these ideas into folks that are like, oh, I never thought of it that way, and it's like, yeah, I mean, they don't want you to. So can you, you know, listen to and and I I encourage other podcasts on my podcast all the time because, um, my voice is one of many, right? But mm-hmm, everybody yeah. has a different nuanced way that they look at it, and maybe yeah. we'll bring it in in a way that they can respect and understand it. Um, you know, after listening to me for years, you know, coming from uh, there was a two creeds, two creeds in a pod. And they actually talked a lot about um, the toxicity of nonprofit. It was such a great one. Remind me and I'll send you a message with it. Actually, I'll I'll try to link it into this so that people will hear it too. Uh, But it's such a great um, podcast on that. And it was another friend of mine who sent it to me. And I was like, yeah, this is perfect. So, um, you know, like I I just wish people heard from more Indigenous voices. I wish... um, I could have a sustaining podcast, they could have a sustaining podcast, but have more overlap in these CTVs, uh, CBCs, Globe and Mails, so that, that there's an understanding. And I think of one of our, mm. our best scholars is Dr. James Sinclair out in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. and almost everything he writes for press is the Winnipeg Press, and it's always a paywall. Right. So Mm -hmm. I can never really read what he has to say. And Mm -hmm. I've been like, should I buy a prescription or a subscription or should I not? And, um, and just because I think he's one of our best scholars uh, aside from a pen Paul mater or, or or his father, um, you know, our, our commissioner and, and former justice Sinclair. So, Mm -hmm. um, Anyway, I got off on a tangent. I just want to say no, thank you attendance. for, yeah, thank you for being on my show. Is there anything else that you wanted to plug before um, I start giving out all these resources? <laughs> yeah, I think
1: one of the things, and, I, and we just, I think this is really just great chat for us, like an excuse for us to connect and yeah. and chat and a couple of things that I, I'm, I, I wanted to, to plug for folks. And I, I'm really curious to know a little bit more about your thoughts too, is just like uh, so as, as uh, I help, uh, I help support um, community development learning initiative, mm-hmm. and so there we have an anti-racism decolonization learning and action team, and it's full of different folks from different experiences. Some are practitioners, some are not people in the nonprofit, some are just volunteers. And like one of the things that folks wanted to start doing was doing like um, uh, a land acknowledgement that was like the draft title, a land, a land workshop, with the emphasis around like how do we actually help support people in really what you like. This is like 101 Like we want like there's different learnings that people have that they want to be able to. But do we have like are we holding space for people to actually think about what this actually means to reflect on their own ancestry as you as you so brilliantly say, but then also what that means for you to then make these steps towards this thing called decolonization like you can't like where like you don't even know where to start from Mm -hmm. and even I talk about you know that's a practice that I think so many people are in some ways like afraid to do or Mm -hmm. like oh well I'm oh we have the city of Calgary one that that will that will share and it's like and when i every time that I share one I always try and take that moment to also reflect on what have i been learning currently right now what can I also share to add to this sort of this framework um but then also being able to add, add in my own um and like understand like what that what that means for me because how i'm trying because i can't do everything like i'm i, I can't like, sure. work, like but i have a particular you know it's like what's my scope you know of, of influence and yeah and so um if folks are, were interested in doing that um it's called reflecting on land meaningful land acknowledgments and we're doing it on may 8th um and it's specifically for settlers though it's like it, it is a and
2: Partially, I think the intention of that is also is to support um, like so much of this and,
1: and a lot of, of what I'm sure, I mean, I know, I know that you have is people will, will, will call upon you
2: and say, hey, uh, can you help us with this? Or, hey, can you do this for this? And and the fill us with all of your knowledge and and, and experience and wisdom without having done any of the work
1: initially yeah and it's like and i mean it's not levels by any means mm-hmm. but it's definitely a, a sense of well if you want to learn more about like mokinsis or fort calgary or all of these other other really important things um about what it means to be on this land you better first know why you're on this land and what that looks like and right. so the intention there. Um, of like of giving people that space to also not have indigenous folks hear all of the things about mistakes. Yes, the true spirit and original kind of seven. Read some books. There are plenty of things out there, right? And and yeah, we, we want to be able to get be like, yeah, because people are afraid of making those mistakes. And as a black person in so many um, spaces that are supporting people in their, in their efforts for anti-racism, mm-hmm. I sometimes think, oh, I wish I wasn't there to hear that yeah, no kids. You know? and yeah. and so it's like, so also being really aware that that is a dynamic
2: as well of we could probably move a, we we could probably move And help hold space for people without also
1: harming the people that they're saying that they want to support, right?. <laughs> efforts. And so anyway, uh reflecting on land, meaningful land, I, I want is something that that's um I'm helping um, co facilitate, nice. um, and. Uh, also, I like I love plugging um, just like the, the there's a quite quite a few different and I'll send them to you. But like uh, Jane's walks as well that's coming in the next couple of weeks. And I think like there's a lot of the interesting things for it's like I think an access point for people to also think and reflect on. Uh, I know there's there's a really great one that I've been able to go to on um, on Nose Hill as well.
2: Mm. Um,
1: and there's like the, like I I think there's something about when we get to understand the land too. Of how we're
2: there's like a medicine wheel and maybe you've noticed it but it's kind of near. Um, um, Max Bell. Max Bell, thank you. Yes. Yep, yeah. I've seen
0: that. Actually, uh, Dart Smith and I were part of painting the rocks. Right, that Ended up Len- going on that. Um, it was you. Charlotte uh, Yellowhorn. She mm-hmm. was the one who um, kind of put that together, and it was in yeah. conjunction with a scholar from U of L who did the same kind of concept there. And okay. she, that scholar, um, taught Charlotte so many things that she was like, "I." She was so inspired. She had to do it here, and mm, I, love I, it. Love it I love it because it, yeah, it it just that's what we should be seeing more of throughout the yes. city like a hundred percent. And, Mm -hmm. and it really meant a lot for me to see that because uh, for folks who don't know uh, the Blackfoot Confederacy is like, they have this symbol of a circle Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. goes into the four ways to talk about Baganese, uh, Gainai, Siksika and the Southern um, part of like South of the U.S. imposed border. That's the Confederacy. So basically painting these rocks and making that symbol and, and, and basically saying this is Blackfoot territory. And, um, and there's so many more teachings behind that I'm not even going to do it sort of justice in this conversation right. but um, you can look this up if you're interested for folks interested and uh, it's such a it's it's a great teaching but that that is real like authentic um, symbology of, yeah, of the, the people here right and, okay. and like my tattoo it's kind of mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. kind of has those depictions in there right so it, it's a really important uh, teaching from the U of L and I think I I guess and I and I say all that to say, I think there's
1: I encourage people who are listening, who maybe whether you're, I mean, whether you're on treaty Seven or not, um, but still like get out into the land and see what is there, because yes. that, I think, is such been a, such an important grounding for me to go like this. My, my my relationship with the land and seeing those who've been caretakers of it and showing up in in what we just talked about like that's super important to go yeah. out of your way to go see and like to like give a different perspective of like oh it's not just like you know um, the max bells proper I, I don't I, I don't know like I don't know all the but like that like it's it is it's super important to begin helping helping us think about and and actively caring.
2: Yes. Yes. No. Uh, and, I'm yeah. so, so I, 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 yeah. I just
1: say that just like I think that's just something that's that's been something that's been really helpful in my own understanding and practice on top of all obviously like listening to you. But it is um but yeah that's just one thing that I I encourage folks if they're really
2: interested, interested. to like
1: yeah
0: care. <laughs> yeah. No and it's good. Like I think there's so many like fun community events that people can do just to remind themselves, especially if you're kind of stuck in this bubble. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're a person that's like a little afraid to get out, maybe this will be the one thing you commit to is a Jane walk or something. And there's something uh, uh, that the white settler world is doing about, um, you know, asking people to be citizen scientists for an initiative over the next week and, and constantly going with the bees. So like there's, there is so many things we can do as people to be like, Hey, this is kind of important to me and it's not too much out of our way. And it was something like just observing the type of um, birds and, and where they were at what time and what date and sending in that data so that uh, folks can compile it in a nonprofit. So like, like nonprofits could be more fun for sure (laughs) (laughs) than I sometimes give them credit, but it's also because I also see a lot of, uh, really toxic behaviors towards indigenous people that are. "Ah!" And again, (laughs) that, that particular group, if they would just, you know, team up with the indigenous people, maybe they would see it differently. And I did hear of a really good initiative happening at the Guy nation. Um, in conjunction with some sort of nonprofit, but that's another conversation for another day. But I really, I love hearing that you're making space for people to really dissect land acknowledgements. I'll probably send that to the Reconciliation Action Group because there'll probably be people there that will wanna join it or um, be those advocates that get to teach what they've learned from say the book club and then Mm -hmm. be like, hey, did you know? And then it's Mm -hmm. not you and I going, Oh, why do we have to say this? Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's been really
1: great to also show up to things like um, what was, ha- I forget exactly what it's called, but it was challenging as protesting the CBE, for example, um, what about a month ago um, mm. that they did, Um and anyway, I went. I'm totally blanking on what it was called, but like, just the the around around unnaming naming of the schools and things like this. And so it's just like there's. I think there's also opportunity to like showing up is a lot of the work yeah. um, in some ways. Like it really is because then that's when you start to connect and what what it means for you and build a, a certain level of, of of then capacity to keep engaging. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm so grateful that you show up for everyone and 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 just yeah it's always so great and so I'm so honored to just be a guest um uh on on the show and
0: you should have been on my podcast like four times by now so I should have (laughs) been pushing you more (laughs) because you're like one of the best people in the city like there's so many great people and you're just one of them that really help people um in a gentle kind way try to see a different perspective. And that's why I just, uh, I, I'm so grateful to walk this journey with you and be able to call you a friend at all. Likewise. So from my point of view, I just hope, you know, um, I, I just am in such awe and solidarity in everything that you do. Anything I, you're doing, I want to amplify. So thank you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I better give some. Um, mm. Where do people find out other than me sharing it on social media, or maybe a link? Where do people find out about that land acknowledgement uh, session?
1: Yeah, so you can go to community development learning, um, uh, right community development learning initiative.ca uh, and you can find more about
0: about about it there. Great and I see so many great people that you work with so really amazing jobs that are amazing work that the entire. Uh, group is doing. And I I just really encourage people to do this because, you know, I want to have nuanced conversation with people on land acknowledgement for, but for some people like my one-on-one is still way more advanced than what they're ready Mm -hmm. for. Right. So Mm. I get it. (laughs) And and I think, I think it's, I I don't think it's a, it's a, oh, this is something,
1: you know, um, I, I think it's more, I think it's also about holding space for people who just don't, to your point not don't want to get it
0: sure
1: and i think that there's like i think it, it can be so i mean what i've seen you really show up for other people is in their shitty behavior <laughs> and and like i have always like and i remember being so impressed like oh like uh, like i was in awe of it sometimes and i think but partially it's like it's like it's you know, people being intentionally
2: messing things up or just to like you know um you know, to, to make other people feel
1: inferior. And I've seen that time and time again. And I just like, I want spaces for people. And sometimes people aren't doing intentionally, but it's like, if you've come here to learn, then be in a position, a posture to learn and not raise your hand with with well, I don't. Well, I really don't like the smell of that. You know, you you've heard it before, and it's like, hey, well, I guess you you need a, another place to go to learn and say those things, but then also not cause damage to the people who are, who who think you know smudging is sacred.
2: Yeah, because
1: you can't. And so, like, and all of the questions, right? I think that's something that I'm and I'm as as someone who is a settler and who has been raised here and knows sort of the ways in which we can at least hold space for these conversations, I want to be able to say, yeah, I think, I think we can do that here in a way that's hopefully so that when people can come to your, your you know, if they were, if they were really thinking about this as levels, you know, come to your thing and say, I'm, I'm, I'm now in a, in a position of learning from someone who has so much wisdom to give, mm-hmm. or also just like listen to the podcast and you can have your own opinions and thoughts, but still, you know, yeah. and not have to air them. I don't know. Right. But yeah. there's so many ways that I think as that, And I think, too, it's so many people are like, I'm not sure what to do. And so this is just one more avenue for for people. That's just it. it. The more the
0: better, right? Like, honestly, because there's so many conversations that are are hard, awkward, and you just got to find the right place to try to have them. And, um, you know, some things are so life changing. I can tell you, a community care session we did Mm. in um, community wise changed my life. Mm, because i didn't realize that we as um you know bipod getting together and talking about how awful these conversations can be that was like i it changed my life i'm like Mm -hmm. my god we're not alone and i didn't know right
1: (laughs) Yeah, yes yeah and and, you know i kind of you know i've been i've been reflecting on those days a little bit Of um for those of you i guess you don't know like anti-racism organizational change through community wise um and it was there's some really great resources, and you've ha- you've highlighted them here on the show. But uh, the level of um, like how necessary those spaces are, yes. and you know, we we would go into um, uh, different circles um, based on different identities as well, sort of and talk and engage. Like, what does this mean? And I think when when you know. This is some. This is some of the work around like mutual aid. But like when shit happens, shit will continue to happen. Yeah. But when you are in solidarity with other people in community, you can respond differently to it. You're yeah. not. You're not alone. Um, you have a relationship. With people who go, hey, like you know, um, another you know. You know, another murdered and missing an, an Indigenous woman was found, yeah. and like I'm going to come to you, come with you on May 5th because it matters because we're in a relationship with each other. Right. right, like we're, we're gonna do the do those things together, and so like the more relation relationality we have in these safer spaces, really important without sort of like the guise of like a nonprofit or like the white gaze of like being like who, what's going on over there, um and really being able to just like be with each other in in um in love and in lightness, but also in in some of, the, of those heavier times too, I think mm. are incredibly important, um and I, yeah, I, I miss those times, so I, I'm always like. How do we?
0: How, yeah. Anyway, I know maybe, I tried to create
1: like another event.
0: Right. I tried to create Zooms and that didn't end up working on Sunday nights for like all of us to get together. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, oh, I got to figure this out. But honestly, it, it was just that I, I just want to encourage people to consider going to this event or, or a Jane walk or, or something that uh, this group has been doing because like if if i had a life changing event like that and i'm indigenous imagine as a as a settler what you could learn what what could happen from that so i just really appreciate you putting that together for us tyson and and knowing and promoting it here so that it, i can promote it in my circles too especially to folks who Want to have those conversations, but are way too afraid to have it with me because, like you said, I will call them out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and honestly, I will say this: it is, it is, it's great. By the way, it's I. I sometimes will watch when people when like the news will tell you, or like, oh, who do we reach out to, and they go to like like you eventually about a particular topic. And sometimes the the I can see the I can hear the podcast version of what you want to say to the people. (laughs) And I, and I just, it, it makes me so happy sometimes knowing that like, they just, and, and you're like, just do these things and are be this way. And there, and there's usually no response necessarily, but it's like, it's very clear. And I just wonder, I just wonder what would the podcast version of that be? Uh, and so <laughs> it always makes me smile knowing that they, that they were, that they thought that they were just giving oh, that was really radical. Um, when really that's, it's not, it's not at all, but it's definitely, um uh, yeah I find it very very quite funny
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad I have somebody else who gets my joke once in a while anyway <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely always <laughs> or can feel the tingle in my eyes the twinkle I should say <laughs> but no and knows I want to say this but I'll say this <laughs>
2: <laughs> right absolutely. on well thank you Tyson yeah. and
0: and by the way as I uh, do my um, exit which I know you've heard uh, many times you know, feel free to chime in if you hear anything else that we should really be plugging to because, yeah, it matters to me. Anyway, uh, for folks who don't know, we have a book club, uh, we're going to be doing the actual calls to justice for the next uh, book club. So we've basically been dissecting mm. the MMIW report into sections. And then the this section coming up is the calls to justice. So hopefully with some context people will you know look at it differently so and and also if you're in the calgary area uh, reconciliation action group but whether you're a part of a book club or a reconciliation committee no matter where you are in Alberta, Ontario, nationally, just join one. See if you can start, as Tyson so eloquently said, you know, be in these spaces that, you know, will really kind of help change your perspective and, and create these safer spaces. I'm proud that this podcast has included cultural safety training, cultural first aid, and all of them to create yeah. a safer space for Indigenous, Black people, uh, people of colour, those with disabilities, and 2SLGBTQ to speak, uh, here to BC ca what is indigenous cultural safety and why I should care about it so literally google that I mean, you might find even more resources which are fabulous uh, I want to say thank you to Cheryl Ward Chelsea Branch and Alicia Fritkin of that here to help.bc for writing that their work is cultural action tools so please support indigenous work like that as part of your reconciliation and settler understandings and I'm just lucky enough to repeat them here internalized racism and lateral violence is another form of violence indigenous people and marginalized people experience by the structure of oppression on these lands so you can go to racialequitytools.org and donna bevins created this what is internalized racism there's so much resource files there i just love them all so they help me too uh do's and don'ts for bystander intervention by american friends service committee um you can check that out i thought i'm pretty sure i just checked their website and they had even more like videos and stuff too so uh, indigenous people black people have been talking about these issues sharing our traumas and reports commissions public hearings just so it can be regularly disregarded no more honor our words honor the treaties listen to politicians and their policies and platforms if they don't recognize the marginalized in their budget with gender equity plus if they're cutting uh violence prevention programs, indigenous education, uterus health choices, gay-straight alliances, attacking libraries. Lack of human rights for migrants, immigrants, (laughs) and folks with disabilities know that your vote to that party directly negatively impacts marginalized people, demand Mm -hmm. that they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action, the recommendation of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples, the multiple reports about child welfare reform, violence prevention, 231 calls to justice from the National Inquiry, and now provincially we have 113 pathways to justice, so 113 yeah they they took the 231 and Mm -hmm. somehow got it down to 113 provincially but whatever we're working on it and then you know the succession from kenny to smith now they have a new premier's council which i've seen zero work done and then a couple of days ago they had this multicultural committee and apparently they do have one native on there a jimmy um, so that's good, but at the same time, I'm like, Ugh. so just before an election, you're calling a multicultural committee. Uh, uh, why don't and, you we know talk- Go
1: ahead. So, so I was going to say something, not, not, not to just stop your your, uh, your your closer, but something that I have really, as every time I've, I, I I listen to your podcast, it's always a reminder to me when you say, um, I don't speak on behalf of all all Indigenous people. I can you only your experience that for me has always been a consistent weekly reminder of like my like my I do not speak for all black people I don't speak for all gay people I do not speak for uh, well what, what you know all Calgarians yeah. I don't I don't speak for that I speak for my experience yeah. and how important it is that we and I mean it's tokenism but what we're talking about having v- nuanced ways in which more than just one mm. I'm always very hesitant and similar I'm sure with you where, where people go who do we call Michelle and it's like which inherently isn't bad because you have so many great things to say, but also it's like, there are others. Are there other folks? What does that look like? And thinking about, um, I'm always very cautious. I think sometimes of how um, I may be being seen as maybe the only one doing particular things. Cause sometimes I might be in a lot of that might be about access and privilege and things like this too, but I, it's something that I'm always, I'm always reminded of like uh, is how important it is that I can't be the only one taking up particular space or different because I don't have all of the whole experience mm-hmm. and so just back to like the I mean the multicultural pr- provincial panel what, what have you of uh <laughs> you know I'm sure their their one event will be great but <laughs> uh <laughs> but it, it is it's just it's it is that kind of like w- more right and yeah. more at the table yeah More at the table making those those decisions
0: well and, um, and for me like why are we having this multicultural committee when we haven't done this work on the uh new premier's council on missing and murdered indigenous women mm-hmm. girls work like we, that. Mm, there's been zero mm. announcements since that's been said so it's like what are you really doing right mm. and and now we have a man who's uh at this table which is totally fine but that bigger picture that right, like right. i know this whole conversation is totally then out of the conversation which is wrong because it should be at the forefront same Mm -hmm. with trc and Mm -hmm. i I just know it's uh you know the blue way of whitewashing but um you know sometimes good can come from it even if it's one thing but man i just yeah fighting this institution is insane well i always say i I
1: think there's always you know there's People say, "Oh, there's more room and there, oh, there's more seats at the table." And I go, "Actually, no. The seat, yeah. the, the, the the table is 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 the right size. People just need to leave the table and 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 <laughs> invite other people in. Like people need to just like get out of the room. Don't yes. come back. You know, like the the room isn't getting any bigger. That's that's actually very white supremacist culture of like bigger and better is more. And We actually just need to like people need to be sacrificial or whatever sacrificial. They just need to just go, um, yeah. and 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 make room for
0: other other people." Well, um, and and go right. to this space that we're talking about, talking about land acknowledgement and such. Like, right, You know, right, why right. be at a comfortable position over here about something that you don't experience? Why wouldn't you go over <laughs> right. here and unpack right. white supremacy, settler supremacy? Yeah. Well, mm, why? That, that is, because you, right? No, uh, uh, that's
1: so perfect because it, it is. That's the that's the learning, growth, being challenged space where I think we all want to like as human beings. I think we would well that this actually. Feels like, oh, change is happening uh, versus to your point about being in a place that makes you feel comfortable. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's great stuff.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh I appreciate it. And I love you chiming in because you out of all people know exactly what I'm talking about because you work within these systems every day. So uh, municipally, we have the White Goose Flying Report. And so just all of these reports, denying them is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people Mm -hmm. are experiencing extreme racism in the justice, educational, social, church institutions with multiple reports that say the same thing. Demand change from election platforms and politicians. If they don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege, sexism, they have zero business running. This should be understood by all parties, local politicians, community organizations, church groups, sports clubs. You know, uh, Google articles on how non-Indigenous Canadians can become allies because there's actually multiple of them. Stephanie Harp and I did an emergency podcast in the hopes that we could reach our allies to write about the crisis that we're facing. Uh, we also uh, talked about the aboriginalalert.ca. You can sign up there. Uh, you can go to Missing Children's Society of Canada and download their app so that you're aware of looking for people in that moment. And uh, Tyson, I see, grabbed something and I will allow you a moment here to show us what it is you, you grabbed decolonize nice how cool is that
1: um it's a book by natalia michelle nani and it's uh something that at C- CDLI that we've been uh, over the years and something i reflect back on often it's like a workbook um but it has been very helpful in my own understanding and journey around so
2: many different ways around how i've been Uh, how I've been
1: uh told to think about work-life balance, wellness, perfectionism,
2: mm-hmm.
1: who I'm accountable for, um, all was sort of like decolonize this particular thing. And I found it to be really, um, really helpful in my own my own my own journey around around this as well. Back to just sort of this idea of like, where do we start? How do we, what does it mean? What does it look like? Um, so anyway, it's just, it's just another really great
0: resource
1: for us that i've been very um that that i share with folks
0: yeah it's really effective i think that that's what matters is that it helps like i was talking to uh kinsdale in our last podcast and she Mm -hmm. does this indigenous um uh, book club for girls and you know Mm -hmm. sometimes that one book or that one whatever even sometimes it's a poem you know just changes mm. your world's perspective so i appreciate that thank you um another one that um we were talking about with uh, stephanie harp was this uh womenshomelessness.ca demanding urgent ac- access to protect the lives of indigenous women girls 2 spirit and gender diverse people experiencing homelessness and i shared what happened today like just down the road from me where I was walking. Anyway, this government's failure to respond properly to the crisis of of, uh, drug crisis is costing people's lives. Taxpayers using scarce resources to our overburdened ambulance and hospital systems. Please start getting housing. If you know anybody using substances, uh, please do not use alone. If you are using alone, there is the National Overdose Response Service at 1-888-688-NORS or download the Brave or Doors app. But ultimately, it's about making safety plans. You know, if you were in domestic violence situation, we would be encouraging safety plans. If you're using uh, drugs, please don't use alone. And if you are, create a plan. Um, And you can learn more about this all the time we share this information. But the biggest thing right now happening in Alberta is forced Christian prisons when it comes to addiction and homelessness. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, my heart is with our community as we go through this. If you're experiencing emotional distress after anything we talked about today and want to talk, you can call the First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. You can also go to hopeforwellness.ca. They have a little text option there as well. And if more related to missing and murdered Indigenous women, you can go to 844-413-6649. For non-Indigenous, there are distress center lines in your area and usually a functioning 211 or you can call 855-456-4566 or text at 45645 and you can go to crisis services to learn more uh, the 60 Scoop society of alberta is at SSISA.ca, the indian residential school survivor and family hotline 866-925-4419 kids help phone one 1- the Native Youth Crisis Hotline, 877-209-1266, and for LGBTQ2+, the Trevor Project, obviously, thank you, thank you, 866-844-7386. Uh, The Trans Lifeline in Canada, 877-330-6366 and lifevoice.ca has even more crisis supports and LGBTQ crisis supports, so please uh, reference that if needed. Violence is my everyday reality. I, um, yeah, every Indigenous generation has faced it. This is self-care, how I take my power back, how I heal. This is why I started the podcast, to speak freely without interruption, tone police, leadership, shaming, gaslighting. I hope that other people are getting different perspectives by listening. But I'm tired of you know talking to people who know nothing about Indigenous people, colonialism, and constant surveillance of our people, our protests, our vigil in our rights. I and many others share information on racism daily. So it's just unacceptable anymore. Learn about being trauma-informed. It is shocking to me how many people don't understand trauma-informed care. Mm. And it's so necessary um, so that when people, you know, are being attacked, are you being attacked or is that a trauma response, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And being more kind and gentle with people and trying to meet them where they're at. Uh, folks like me are dealing with internalized racism, gatekeeping, external racism, and folks that survive off the status quo, people who are in the their trauma, you know, they just stop people from doing the work, they deplete personal resources, all the effort it takes into attacking each other should always be directed at tackling oppression, uh, oppression dynamics from the structures not each other. Anyway, internal and external racism is an everyday reality for me, Indigenous peoples, folks with disabilities, uh, QT, BIPOC, and others. Masi Cho to my ancestors, to my granny and my mom of what strength looks like through your example. I'm just going to stop right there and uh, acknowledge my grandpa just passed. And uh, my Mm. family is leaving today to go to Yellowknife. And um, yeah, my my thoughts and prayers are with my own family right now, wishing oh, yeah. I could be with them, but knowing that um, it's a really complicated death for our family and folks who are from Yellowknife understand why. So mm-hmm. I just hope that people can be gentle to the Paulus family uh, for the next little while. Anyway, I want to thank my dad for teaching me to be blunt and strong, my stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family and roots and stepping up to teaching me to be how to be a proud Calgarian, it is through her I am a second generation, and to my husband big buffalo Rockman um for producing and editing the show on top of being my husband my childhood friend father of our child and support down my journey of the red road he has witnessed decades of se- sexism and racism and to our child thunderpipe necklace woman we are mm. blessed to learn from you and every every day we are honored you chose us You give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person, my hope is that my daughter my family will be proud in the future of us trying to discuss these present day issues in a way that they can understand down the road. my Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you, previous donors, for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc@gmail.com, at gmail.com, where you can send in your comments or questions. I also have a YouTube channel that you can go and subscribe go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media. And on my birthday, I put out a birthday wish to go to Ottawa on May fourth. And I want to honor those of you who were able to Um, Donate to me I am going, and um, I I just want to say thank you for that I have been acclaimed as the uh, operations chair for the Indigenous Peoples Commission so I'm excited for that and we also have a a breakfast coming up and the donations go to um, Indigenous candidates that run for us and May 5th is red dress day. I encourage everyone nationally to support your local Indigenous community by attending the May 5th Red Dress events, if they are having them in that area. And if you cannot, just put a red dress or maybe a cutout in your window, anything to show that support, because we appreciate it. But more importantly, the families of missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and 2 Spirit—they—they they, when they see these types of actions, that helps them. So I say thank you from the bottom of my heart for your, for your kindness, for your donation and for showing up. And you said it so well, Tyson, why it matters that people show up and get into these spaces and be challenged. So thank you. And I want to end by giving side eye to those Calgary rabbits. You're mm-hmm. lucky I'm not tradition. And my beautiful cousin responded, or yet yeah, be in my in dish. My dish. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening. For <laughs> right? Right. Thanks yeah. for being on my show, Tyson.
2: Thank you so much, Michelle. Love you lots. Oh, vice versa.